I had the good fortune to hang out in one of your elementary schools on Friday, and I got to learn how much we need to appreciate our teachers during Halloween week. Because <laughs> the sugar crash is real, right? That's why we get an extra hour today, I think. Um, good to see you this morning. So you know what's weird about church? Look around real quick. Look at all these faces. Look at them all. Look at how weird they are. Look at them. So you know what's weird about this place? This is one of the weirdest places in the world. You know why? Because everybody in this room didn't get here by themselves. There's a lot of things we do during the week and choices we make that we get to just make, right? I want to read this book. I want to play with this toy. I want to throw a temper tantrum. No, yeah, we do. It happens. You don't do that. But everyone in this room is here because someone else helped them feel important. Everyone in this room is here because someone taught them about Jesus. Someone showed them what it was like to follow Jesus. Someone looked at them and said, you are important and you are worth being here. Do you believe that? Look around at all these weird people. You think somebody took the time to help them figure out life and who Jesus was and how important they were to Jesus? Do you ever think about somebody helped you get here today? So here's what I want you to do today. After children's church or even during children's church, thank someone for helping you be here today, okay? Can you do that for me? Can you recognize and look at somebody, even if they look a little weird, and say, thanks for making this possible? Because I'm worth it, and so are you, all right? Can you pray with me today? Repeat after me. Repeat these words. Gracious God, we love you. We thank you for everyone here and everyone who loves us. Keep us safe. Keep us strong, strong. and keep us courageous courageous. in your name. name. Amen. Amen. All right. Have a great rest of your morning, everybody. We'll see you later. Have fun in Children's Church. All right. Now for the rest of us weirdos, we're going to talk a little bit. All right. What would happen... If you saw this application for an investment opportunity, you ready? It helps if I put it right side up. All right, here's the investment opportunity. Get your checkbooks and calendars ready. 19-year-old adult male, adult used loosely, tends to be moody, smart, super smart, sometimes too smart for his own good, occasionally mouthy, though he might think he's correct. Too hard on himself, which makes him more moody. Spends money as fast as he can get it, often on things that seem like really good ideas at the time, and by at the time I mean never. Addictive personality. High anxiety. Struggles to trust. Struggles to obey. Recently dyed his hair, eyebrows, and goatee. Somewhat orange and then re-dyed somewhat blonde and burned his eyes in the process. All right, there's the opportunity. Who's all in? (laughs) 
One, Dan Blevins. Who's coming with me? That's our Jerry Maguire moment right there, buddy. No, all right. Half of you are Google searching a movie that was made before you were born. The other half is asking, why would I take what little free time I have to invest in a mess like that? Right? Honestly, that's why you giggled. If you haven't figured out already, that investment opportunity was me, Steve Trevs. Welcome. I wear shorts this time of year. Could have also put that in the ad, right? But luckily for me, at the age of 19 at the School of Mines in Rapid City, there were overbooked, adult, busy, messed up human beings that took a look at that ad and said yes. There were followers of Jesus who saw that that ad and thought, yes, I'm going to invest my life in that. This month, we're going to be answering some simple questions, he says sarcastically. If you put up this Romans 8 slide, this is kind of our target verse for the entire month, okay? We're going to be talking about How in all things, God works with us for the good of those who love him. We're in relationship and working actively with the God who seeks to redeem all things. We're going to talk about whole life stewardship. What does it mean that there is no neutral time in life? What does it look like to invest in all things? With God. So, we're going to be answering some of the most basic, simple questions in the history of humanity, such as what is the meaning of life? And how do we live it out to its fullest? You know, simple, basic things. And we're going to do it in a month, which I think is pretty darn impressive. But but it's true, right? At the heart of whole life stewardship, is the basic question, what is this world and how am I supposed to live? What does it mean? What I do every day, what does it mean? Who is it for? What's the purpose? As followers of Jesus, we believe that in all things, God works with us for good. No matter the situation, no matter the place, no matter the context, no matter the time of day, God wants to work with us for good. God wants us to invest our whole self into a relationship with him for the good of all things. But that can only happen if we choose to invest in the messy, weird, complicated and complex things that are in this world. Not just the easy things, not just the pretty things, not just the famous things, but in all things that our scripture is talking about. So I get tasked this week to kick off our series with the very first investment. And I think it's the very first investment in our series because it was the very first investment Jesus made himself. Today I talk about investing in each other. Now, Mark chapter 1, 
we get the first uh, discussion of Jesus when he comes into this world and he grows up and he starts living his life as the son of God. And he gives a few sermons first, but the very first thing he actually does in his ministry is he invests in other people. He's the son of God. He is God. He could have done a billion different things. And the first thing he did, the thing he knew that would make the most difference in this world is he built relationships with other weirdos, other messed up human beings. He walked along the seashore and he saw some ratty old fishermen, some young fishermen, and he said, follow me. I'm going to teach you how to live this life with each other. He looked out in those boats and he saw a bunch of Steve Trevises and he said, you're worth my time. Let's roll. So we start with investing in each other because I think if it was important enough for the son of God to start there, it might be important enough for us to start there, right? So how do we do it? How do we invest in each other in a world that's usually trying to get us to just invest in ourselves? Well, I think there's really two requirements, two ways of looking at this investment that are going to help us actually be able to live this out in a world like the one we live in in 2023. The first one is a commitment to the mission itself. How do we make space to live out a yes in a world that screams maybe? Because you see, we're going to talk about this word investment a lot. And at its core, the word investment means you have to give something away to someone else. You have to entrust something to someone else with no guarantee you'll ever get it back. How many of you love that feeling? Taking something you love, something precious to you, something you care a lot about, and giving it away with no promises that it'll ever come back. Raise your hand. Nada. Not even Dan Blevins on this one, right? We were there. We had the goldfish. It didn't happen. All right. Vest. To vest something. Means to give your whole heart the very most vulnerable thing you have and entrust it to someone else. Now at Fusion, we don't wear these. We have these in case we need them, right? These things called vestments. Do you know what a vestment is? Mine is sitting on the kitchen counter at home so I wouldn't forget to bring it today. It's like this. It's like one of these uh, stole it sometimes. You see like priests and, and pastors sometimes wear these. It's called a vestment. And the reason it's called a vestment is because it marks the pastor as someone who has given away their life to God. When I said yes to the call to be a pastor, I said yes to the call to give away my life to someone else and trusting it to be multiplied in Jesus' name in the ministry of the church. And what we're learning right? 
what we're finding is that it's not just the person on the stage that's called to that life. In fact, the world only makes sense. The purpose of life only makes sense once we realize each and every one of us is called to invest ourselves fully in each other. When we think investments, I don't know about you, but mostly I think about money, right? Land, possessions. But what does it mean to say yes to give ourselves, to invest ourselves in someone else's life? Matthew 5, 33 through 37 talks about this yes, this commitment. Jesus says, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows that you make. I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head. You cannot make even one hair white or black or blonde when you're in college, right? That's, we have this image that somehow... We can promise something and then still keep control over it, right? That's what the scripture's talking about. But Jesus is saying all you need to say is simply yes or no. Any conditions beyond that, any maybes, any unless another deal comes along, simply comes from the evil one. On this next slide, I ask a very simple question, and it's directly at each and every one of you, okay? Who gets your best? Who gets your best on Monday in your job, in your life, in your family? You could also ask who gets your vest on Mondays? Who gets all of you? Who are you vulnerable to? In our lives, we're called to our covenants that we make, right? Our first covenant to God and God alone, our second covenant to family. That's why we have vows. Who else gets your best? Who gets your vest? Or are you like me and sometimes on a Monday morning, everybody's getting a shadow of you? Or maybe the scraps of you? Sometimes on a Thursday afternoon, You ever talking with someone and realize you never were listening to them when it's been 10 minutes and you pull out your phone and pretend somebody called you? Or is that just me? Investing in each other is going to have to include this stuff. So hopefully already you're seeing you can't literally invest in everybody in this room. It's not possible. Jesus kind of even maxed out at 12. Right? So what I'm inviting you to today, who's your plus one? We got God, we got family, and we've talked before about it's important to give our best to those places. But who else around you at work? Who else around you at school? Who else around you in your neighborhood? Who do you feel a nudge that God is calling you to give this stuff to and you don't know why? 
There's studies coming out of COVID, right? A lot of people are trying to research and figure out the point of life after something like that. And what they're finding is some of the attributes of what they thought led to a long life aren't exactly what they thought they were. And study after study, we're seeing that one thing in particular is leading to long, fulfilled, joy-filled lives. And it's helping other people. And study after study, giving yourself time, energy, resources, time, energy, resources. We'll say those over and over in the next couple weeks. Giving all of that to each other is way more impactful than having a great personal exercise routine. It's better than vacationing. It's better than having a great retirement plan. Over and over and over. Why is that? Is it just coincidence? Or is it like the scripture says, because that's exactly why we're here in the first place. All those other things that we get sold on, they're not bad, but they're not life-giving. One of the only things that prove in time and in time and again to give life is when we give it away. So one of my questions as I was working through this sermon is, why does that sound exhausting, right? If it's so good for us, if it's the purpose of why we're here, if it's why we were created, why does it sound daunting? What is it about our world and how the world works right now that makes that seem impossible? <clears throat> Which leads me to the second requirement, and this one's going to stink. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> First, I need audience participation, congregational help. The number one reason given over and over again for why you don't invite someone to your house is because my house is a... Guess what? Yes, your house is a mess. My house is a mess. Everybody in the universe's house is a mess. Excuse over. The next time you go to someone else's house, guess what you can know for sure? Their house is a? Okay, then what's the big deal? The biggest lie we've ever been told is that we have to have all of our stuff together in order to follow Jesus and to share the good news. In order to share our lives, we've got to have it all figured out first. Guess what? It ain't going to happen. The reason we were created for each other is because God knew it wasn't going to happen. My wife and I love each other, and sometimes you can tell. <laughs> Last year, I made the decision to go visit my friend in a very warm, warm place to watch some baseball games at a time when it was not nice in Mitchell, and I did not take my wife with me. In that struggle of mess, we did a Google search because we live in South Dakota, you can hopefully appreciate it. We searched for places in the world that don't have wind. 
Okay? It had been 50 mile an hour winds for four days in a row. The Google search pointed out the town I was going to was one of those places. It did not help the messiness of my household. Why am I talking about wind when I talk about mess? Okay, last illustration. How many of you are old enough to remember biodome? Is that still a thing? There's multiple biodomes, okay. The beauty of biodome was we were going to recreate the Garden of Eden, right? Perfect soil, perfect growing conditions, perfect mix of animals so we don't have to fear being eaten by carnivores, right? We were going to build the perfect society for the future of mankind. <clears throat> One problem emerged. Anybody know what it was? When trees got to a certain height, they kept collapsing and threatening to kill the humans. They forgot to engineer one thing in the biodome. They didn't put in wind. And if a tree doesn't have wind, what happens? Seeds never spread, right? And we can kind of get it around that one by having the humans do that, right? But as a tree gets bigger, it needs deeper roots. And what tells a tree to grow roots? Wind. Because if you're never tested, you never grow deeper roots. So the longer we, as followers of Jesus, try to pretend there is no wind in this world, how are we ever going to help ourselves when we run into wind? How are we ever going to be able to stand next to that 19-year-old version of me with my beautiful M&M haircut and say... We're going to get through this. Believe it or not, this isn't even in the worst thing you're going to go through. But I know it feels that way right now. If we keep waiting for our houses, our lives, our faith to be spotless, we're never going to live. There's no growth there. There's no life there. There's no hope there. There's a scripture here from Philippians 1, and we're going to fast forward a bit. It's, a, it's Paul and Timothy, they're writing from prison, and they're writing thanksgiving to a church and to people that had supported them. And let's go to the second slide of the scripture where it starts verse 7 and 8. Paul's giving these thanksgiving words. He's grateful. He's thanking people who have invested in him despite the trials, the jail, the separation, things not going as planned for. And he says this, It's not at all fanciful for me to think this way about you. My prayers and hopes have deep roots in reality. You have, after all, stuck with me all the way from the time I was thrown in jail, put on trial, came out of it in one piece. All along, you have experienced with me the most generous help from God. He knows how much I love and miss you these days. Sometimes I think I feel as strongly about you as Christ does. I can't get that phrase out of my head. My prayers and hopes have deep roots in reality. Friends, that's why we invest in each other. Because we know from our own lives that everyone that we run into needs someone who has that same hope. 
Someone who knows that we live in a world with wind. That wind is not proof that we're messed up. But wind is the condition that reminds us whose we are. Where our roots are founded in. Because over and over in scripture, that's when God most clearly blesses our investments. Whenever the return on investment includes the phrase, good in all things. As long as our investments remain in good for me, good for my house, good for my retirement, as long as our hope lies in those things, we will never experience what we were created to experience in this world. Friends, our hopes have deep roots in reality. Who is God maybe inviting you to invest in? Who's your plus one? Maybe two. Definitely not 13. Who is someone that God loves so much that they let you see and know them even though they're messed up? Who is God inviting you to welcome into your mess of a house? Would you pray with me today? Gracious God, we covered some ground today uh, throughout your, your scriptures. We reminded ourselves that uh, we are here because you sought us out. Because the Son of God did not just seek and overcome and take over. He invited us to walk with, alongside, next to. Because we follow Jesus, because we want to stay in step with Jesus, we do the same. We follow the same call. But Lord, in this world, it's hard to give up our time. It's hard to give up our stuff. It's hard to give up our, our fears. It's hard to share our fears. It's hard to share just how much of a mess our house can be at times. Lord, help us turn that fear to hope. Help us turn that fear to courage. Help us stop looking only to invest in those things that will lift us up and start to invest in all things that lift you up. Until we figure out just how it is to walk like that, keep us together. Remind us we're not alone. In your holy name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Uh, I'm going to keep that stand for just a second, actually. I can Thanks. Do that for you. So, uh, this series uh, is a little bit of a vision series. It's a series looking forward uh, to 2024, to all the hopes and dreams that we have for Fusion. And so, something that I'm doing uh, and that we're doing particularly in this series uh, is inviting specific people with a specific story to come and share a message. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to come up each week and I am going to get to talk to you all about uh, what 
my vision is, what our vision is for the hope of fusion, uh, and give you some practical ways to do that. So like Steve said, this series is called In All Things because uh, Romans 8.28 has this specific word. And if you go look it up later, you're going to be like, that's not what it says. But in the Greek, it has the specific word uh, that it, it means almost like synergy, right? Like to work together, to accomplish, uh, to accomplish with, to join together in doing and working and carrying out things together. And so uh, the translation, while your translation in your Bible might say something different, uh, our accurate translation of this verse, like Steve said, uh, is that God is working in all things with us together. Uh, and so that's, that's the dream, right? That's the dream for us at Fusion, that we are working with God together in all things. Uh, and so, no, we're, like I said, this is kind of a vision series as we look towards 2024, because believe it or not, it's just a couple months away. Uh, and I actually know that some of you are starting to think about what your 2024 New Year's resolutions are going to be. Maybe in January, you're going to start that diet, or you're going to start that exercise program, or whatever it is. And this is the time of year where churches are looking towards next year's budget, and they are looking towards plans for the spring. And so it's a time where we are getting to dream and vision for what the next year of fusion looks like. So if you're new, welcome. This is a great time to be here as you get to hear what our vision is for the next year. Uh, but we are so excited to be talking about and praying about what God might be up to at fusion. So I want to share uh, my hope for fusion in 2024. My hope is one, like we talked about today, that we would invest in each other. My hope is that we would invest in our church, that we would invest in fusion together, that we would invest in our community of Mitchell and the greater surrounding community. My hope and dream is that we would invest our resources in God's kingdom so that we might see it grow even more in 2024. So that we would grow in relationship, in fellowship, uh, and in reaching Mitchell and the surrounding community with the love and the light of Christ. That is the goal. That is the dream. That is the prayer. And if we invest our resources together at Fusion, we have the ability to invest in our community, right? We have the means to be able to do that and to keep the momentum that we've seen this last year going because we've seen great and beautiful momentum. And when we're invested in our community, uh, we, we can get more people involved in what we're doing. And they'll come to Fusion and they'll get to see us investing in one another. And they can know that if we're investing in one another, we're going to invest in them too. They can know that they have found a community, which I believe we are, a beautiful community, where you can belong and where you can grow and where you can become made new in Christ but it starts with the opportunity to invest, to choose to join God in his work and to join with us together. And it starts when you invest a little, right? Like you don't just dive in all in on your investments. That's not what you do, right? You work with what you have and what happens when you invest, it grows and then you have more to invest. And so what would it look like to start to invest in your relationship with God and in your church and to see how it grows to include all things? So these are the types of questions we are asking. And this involves a little bit of experimentation. And this is actually a value of fusion, some kingdom-minded experimentation. And so we're actively pursuing ways in which we can practice some of these things and try some of these things out. 
So practically, what's the invitation today? The invitation is two things, to pray and to act, okay? How is God calling you to invest in your faith and to invest in your church community? How is God calling you to invest in your faith and into fusion? And so each week of this series, there's going to be a call to action, and it's just going to be a small one. It's not going to be too crazy, too out of control. A small call to action, a pledge for 2024, right? Because we're in Christmas season. We don't have time for that right now. This is a call for 2024, right? Uh, So pray and act and make those small choices. So for today, the call is this. Like Steve said, who's your plus one? Who's somebody that you can introduce yourself to during the greeting time that we have? We don't just have that to make you all squirm, although I know it makes some of you squirm. The the greeting time at the beginning of the service is a chance to hopefully meet somebody new, to have connection, uh, to build that sense of community together. What would it look like uh, if you came 10 minutes early to Fusion or stayed 10 minutes late and you had a conversation with somebody you were sitting by? What would it look like to be in the lobby and to be getting coffee and to be chatting with somebody and asking them how their week was, how their life is? Just those few minutes can make all the difference in investing in somebody. What would it look like instead of next week going out to the Mexican restaurant, which I know a lot of you do, or going home to your home-cooked meal, instead you went upstairs to the cafeteria and uh, you went and we sat in the room together and you talked to somebody new? What would it look like if that was your investment? Small things, right? Small things make a big difference. And finally, this is the one pledge that I want to invite you to. I think there's going to be a QR code on the screen, hopefully. Uh, I want to start something in 2024. I want to start some Fusion dinner clubs. I want the opportunity for all of you at Fusion to get to know one another, to have that community so that when you come on Sunday morning, you know somebody, you can say hi, you know about their life. So these are low pressure. Uh, They are uh, just a dinner club, uh, just away four weeks once a month, so once a month, get together for four times, and we're gonna put you in these groups, and I think there's gonna be a QR code on the screen, maybe. If not, you can go to our events page, mitchellfusion.com backslash events, and you can sign up. And this is just a pledge saying, yep, in 2024, I will be a part of that. There we go. So you can scan the QR code, you can go to mitchellfusion.com backslash events, and this is a pledge saying in 2024, I want to be a part of this. I want to get to know some other people at Fusion. I want to invest in this community. Uh, It's not a small group. It's not a Bible study. It's just a dinner club. Uh, So think about this. Pray about this. Write down that website. Go to our website. Look at those events and pledge to be a part of this. Pledge to grow the community. Pledge to invest in one another at Fusion. And that is my hope and dream for us as we move into 2024.